faithwire.com. Joe Biden's vaccine mandates could be in trouble. Today is Friday, January 7, 2022. I'm Dan Andros. We'll have that top story and more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faith Wire. Four big stories, three things you need to know about them, all from a Christian perspective. That's what we do here. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. We're here Monday through Friday. We're navigating the news. We like to think that we're doing it so you don't have to. And when you can hear it from a Christian perspective, because, I mean, let's be honest, Billy, Billy Hallowell from CBN's Faithwire joining me. The news is nuts, right? I mean, it's I think crazy. we can all agree on that. It's it's crazy. When you have it's, to, it's wild, more wild every day, and more wild every day. And when you have to sift through it, it can be. I mean, it can be a whole array of emotions. It's it can exhausting. Be exhausting. Let's just use the word exhausting. Exhausting is yeah. a good one. I was going to say at times depressing, but as Christians, you know, we can we can always uh, fall back on you know the hope of Christ in the midst of all this. So cool. so it's that. so look if we're going to go through the news, let's do it together as Christians and and not despair, but we can. We can still marvel at the craziness, right? Like we can still gawk. It's like driving by an accident. You know, everybody, everybody drives slow and takes a look. But well, and you got to know what's going on because if you don't know what's going on, you're going to be right. you know sideswiped when crazy things happen, right? It gets yeah crazy things continue to happen, and we need to be aware of them to try to maybe even stop the crazier things from happening. Yes, yes, and it's chronicles. It's uh, the the sons of Issachar, who I always like to point to, who understood the times. We don't know anything about them other than. They understood the times, so we need to be like the sons of Issachar. So hopefully that podcast will, this podcast will help you do that. So, all right. So what do you, what do you got coming up, Billy? I got the, uh, I've got the mandates I'm going to talk about here. What do you got coming up? All right. So I've got atheist activists being very frustrated and angry with Nancy Pelosi over her prayer vigil on January 6th. So we'll talk through that story. Mm. And they're they're always angry. It seems just seems like they're that's like frustration. Evergreen, yeah. evergreen, just evergreen, just angry. <laughs> uh, uh, there's also an update on that UN statue that seems to resemble the mark of the not the mark of the beast, but you know the actual revelation kind of imagery there. <laughs> so uh, there's an update on that statue that they decided to put in there. But we're going to start with story number one here, and Joe Biden's vaccine mandate could be in trouble. Here are the details. Supreme Court justices today are going to hear oral arguments over two major rules enacted by uh, Joe Biden's uh, requirement that COVID-19 vaccines for people at large companies uh, and most healthcare workers. There's challenges from some Republican-led states and business groups, and they have put those two vaccine mandates, which would cover kind of about 80 million people. They, they put them into flux a little bit here. And so one of the rules, which was act, acted by um, enacted by OSHA, that requires vaccine or weekly testing for businesses with 100 or more employees. You might have heard about that one, of course, the, 100, the, the employer mandate for 100 uh, employees is a common one that was in the news. Uh, the other requires healthcare workers at facilities to receive Medicare or Medicaid funding to get vaccinated. Um, so the rules for businesses were supposed to take effect on Monday, but OSHA said um, fines would not be handed down until late February. So the healthcare rule had been blocked in about half of the states. So the arguments will be the first time the high court justices hear uh, cases over the administration's vaccine policies, and um, and it previously ended the federal eviction moratorium in place. Uh, due to the pandemic. So 
So yeah, we, this one is on the table today, Billy. And so, I mean, this one is a major sticking point here because I think we're going to see, I mean, obviously the court's going to decide what they're going to decide, but I think people are really at a crossroads here. I mean, even with Omicron spiking and we're seeing huge numbers of cases, again, we've mentioned this many times, but the hospitalizations, the severeness is way down um, by comparison to the amount of cases that we're getting, which is a good thing. But I think we're going to see how um, much people are done with this virus, right? Like that they're just ready to go on with life. And we're seeing images of kids at schools being forced to eat lunch outside and, and things of that nature. They're, they're still going. I mean, you're going through this, Billy, with the remote. They keep going remote or not remote. Everyone's getting it. And the overreactions and then... You know, parents are stuck dealing with kids um, and what to do with them and, and how to figure out that whole situation between work and, and schooling. And it's just you wonder yeah. what is the breaking point for families, for Americans, um, you know, especially Americans who have generally been free and used to freedom. At what point do they say enough is enough? Well, yeah, I mean, if if the virus were GOG, the MAGOG would be government <laughs> intervention, right? So, you know, as we're on our end times themes here today. But yeah, yeah, it's just, I think that people are looking right now, not just at the virus, but the reaction to it, as you were saying. Obviously, our lives have been upended. There's been a lot of things that have gone on. But I think that the troubling part for a lot of people, which was something that was already an issue in this country of debate, how much authority should the government have, yeah. right? Um, and, you know, this is a tricky issue. If you look back to the bakers and the photographers and this argument that individual businesses should be able to make decisions around how they're going to operate, you know, there there's an argument there to be extended to businesses making decisions. We may not agree or like them on mandates. And again, not advocating that, just saying if you have that discussion and you're trying to be consistent you can have it, but but when you talk about the government stepping in and saying at the federal level, oh no no no, every business with this number of employees, I mean it just it it's a it seems to be a very big overreach in the eyes of many critics, and that is another piece of this of this puzzle. It's bringing to the surface a lot of the political mm -hmm. issues we've traditionally had. Except if it happens and it's allowed to happen you then have an open door for lots of other things right yeah. along the same lines. Yeah. And I think if the administration senses, and I think you're seeing some of that with 2022 vast approaching um, the midterms, uh, if they sense that they are on the wrong side of this, as far as national sentiment, you are going to see a rapid shift because I think the administration came in thinking, well, we came in with the messaging that we're going to crush this virus as, as Joe Biden said, we're going to just snuff it out. And that has not been the case so far. And so now with the midterms approaching, so, so what they've reacted to with that messaging was we are going to show that we're doing things. So we're going to mandate this. We're going to you know put in these restrictions. And when that happens, they've been doing that. But will it shift? Do they sense a shift in, uh-oh, people are tired of this. They don't want all these these you know mandates going on they don't want all these restrictions do we see a shift from the administration then where they really back away from this stuff i think we'll i think we'll find out in the coming weeks and months yeah no ab absolutely and that's going to be that's going to be the key and where do we go from here right there's been a lot of damage done and there's going to have to be a lot of i think social cultural recovery after this yeah
Absolutely. All right. So that brings us to our angry atheists. And this is an interesting <laughs> story because um, it involves prayer. It involves the Democrats. And you have House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, one of the events she had planned for the January 6th anniversary of the riots at the U.S. Capitol was a prayer vigil. And, you know, actually having seen it now, which we'll talk about in a moment, it was it was intriguing. But she planned this prayer vigil. It was out there. And the Freedom from Religion Foundation, an atheist activist group we've talked about on the show, they're based out in Madison, Wisconsin, but they always seem to find they've got little chapters all over the country and members all over the country. They always seem to find themselves in every town and every city and every nook and cranny. Um now, in this case, this is a federal issue. So they they saw that she was having this particular event, this vigil, and they reached out to her. And so the second point, what you need to know, they wrote a letter. They love to fire off these legal letters <laughs> proclaiming that things are unconstitutional or illegal. And they basically said that Pelosi's event was counterproductive to an event called for the purpose of unifying the nation. That's an actual quote. Mm. Um, they said, quote, we commend you for holding a series of events this week as part of a solemn observance of the attack and how close our nation came to losing our democracy. But holding a religious service to mark this dark anniversary is doubly wrong. And so they go on to talk about how it's a First Amendment violation that government officials can't use their positions to endorse a religious message and and all that. Now, the third thing you need to know about this, apparently Nancy Pelosi did not heed their warnings uh, because on Thursday night, uh, you probably saw this, there was quite the scene at the U.S. Capitol, <clears throat> around 100 members of Congress, all masked up, went on the steps of the Capitol holding candles and had the prayer vigil. Now, the Bishop Michael Curry, he's the presiding bishop over the Episcopal Church, he led in prayer. And so they, they did everything the atheists asked them not to do. <clears throat> now, regardless of where people stand, obviously, on this prayer event and January 6th is another issue. But he he prayed— um, you know, to God and and he, you know, said, God, please help all of those who are, quote, traumatized and troubled by the painful events of one year ago. And then and then Nancy Pelosi had a moment of silence and she spoke. And so it's it's interesting. You know, why does it matter? Well, obviously, from the January 6th perspective, it matters because this is a debated event. You've got one side saying we can never forget this and comparing it to, you know, Pearl Harbor and 9-11. And then you've got the other side saying, look, these events are a distraction from what is going on. It's political theater. It's a distraction from the issues happening in our country. So so moving all that to the side, the interesting part is that the Freedom From Religion Foundation lost again. So I guess that's, <laughs> that's, why, that's keeping, why it matters. Keeping the losing streak alive. Well done, guys. Well done. It's like Joe, it's like, it's like Joe DiMaggio's hitting streak, but in reverse. Um, a little oh, uh, old sports re reference there, the old 56 game hitting streak that will never be broken. I don't know if that'll ever be broken, but anyway. Um, all right, so uh, let's go, to, let's let's head into story number three here, Billy, because I have a positive, I have another positive one to add on to freedom from religion's losing streak. Um, which it's 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 just evergreen, by the way, that they're they're always angry, like. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know if that says it takes something. a lot of energy it takes a lot of energy. I've had finger wagging in my face from the leaders yes. there before. I'll tell you. I have. Yes. If you don't follow Billy on Twitter, you should, because there's always 
inevitably, at least quarterly, there is a wonderful spat between Billy and the Freedom From Religion <laughs> Foundation or the Church of yes. Satan. Sometimes twice quarterly. <laughs> the Church of Satan loves to have a good battle. Yeah, uh, that's true. You will be blessed in heaven for those interactions, Billy. I am no, sure. I hope. I'm sure I of hope. it. I'm sure of it. I hope. So I get a bigger mansion or something. I hope. <laughs> All right. All right. Hey, so here's my positive update. So remember that sculpture we reported on this couple, I don't know, weeks ago, a week or two ago. Uh, where the UN unveiled this sculpture, and it shockingly looks what the Re Book of Revelation describes as an end times beast. I mean, it's it's got the wings, it's got the lion head. You read the description of the thing, and you go, huh, that, that kind of sounds a lot like it. And then they labeled it a, quote, guardian for international peace and security. Which is exactly what the enemy would do if he if he wanted to sneak in as a as a conquering hero. That's that's how he'd label himself. He wouldn't say, "Hi, I'm Satan," <laughs> or "I'm the Beast," right? He wouldn't say it. Anyway, that's just my speculation. But so everyone was kind of like, "What are you guys doing?" I mean, it's this giant statue out there. I mean, I, I have no idea how much this thing costs, but it had to be a lot. I mean, it's it's a it's a I mean, yeah. as far as yeah, a piece very, of art, yeah. it's actually you know. It's a pretty impressive piece of artwork, but um, but anyway, so uh, that there's been a an about face on that one, so um, it's been removed, and so uh, the spokesperson for the secretary general told CBN News that the sculpture was not permanent and its removal was planned. Okay, so see, see, that's the trick right there is that they didn't actually back down, unless that's just their way to weasel out of it, but. Well, it could be like we're getting bad press. Let's move on. Let's move on from that. They said it's uh it, they said it was a they claim it was a temporary exhibit organized by the permanent mission of Mexico to the United Nations. It was taken down as scheduled and anticipated on the 20th of December. So that's as the scheduled. claim. I don't know. I don't know if they but nevertheless, now, they didn't say that at the beginning when they unveiled that. I mean, when all those first reports came out, you didn't hear that like, oh, don't worry about it. It's just temporary and it's going away. Um, they didn't say that at the time. So it's a convenient it's a convenient little um, about face there. But the artist, um, they uh, called it Allerbury. I don't really know how to say that, but they said it represents a fantastical creature or animal that was donated by the government of Oaxaca in southwestern Mexico. And so somehow the UN loved it and ended up on there. But if you read that, we'll just go Daniel chapter seven, two through four describes the beast with the body of a lion and wings of an eagle. And it says, Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven strove upon the great sea, and four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse from one another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. Uh, and you look at the you look at the image, and it's it's, it's a, a lion, lion face with eagle's, with eagle's wings. wings. I mean, there it is. So anyway, so nevertheless, it's down, which is a good thing. So Satan is no longer um, controlling. Uh, everything that's going on over there at the UN, at least in statue form. At least form. for now. At, at least, least for now. now. At least for now. So we'll <laughs> see. We'll see what happens in the coming days and weeks. But um, but good. Like I'm glad it's out of there. Yeah. So there's my positive story update for the day. There you go.
Well, okay. And then I've, I've got one final quick one. And this one you'll find over at Faithwire. It's an interview we did with Amir Safadi. Um, he's an author and Israeli military veteran. He was the former deputy governor of Jericho, which is pretty cool. Uh, but he's got a great story. He grew up in Israel. He became a Christian. He was an orphan um, and was in foster care and became a Christian after studying the Old Testament. And so in this interview, he talks a lot about that. Um, and he's got a new book out, Operation Yoktan. Um, that you can you can check out. But basically, he breaks down what the biggest mistakes are that people make when it comes to prophecy. And so you can you can I won't spoil it all. You could check it out <laughs> over at Faithwire. But he basically said people don't divide the word, the Bible, obviously, rightly. They take things out of context. And his warning was that when you talk about the end times, right, just like, mm-hmm. you know, we're just talking about this statue. Yeah. When we talk about the end times, we have to be really careful not to jump to conclusions that are not in the scripture, not to say that events that are happening are definitely something that we don't know they are. And so he gave some really good warnings there and mentioned some specifics that some might disagree with or agree with, but I thought it was a pretty healthy, um, you know, rendering and look at how we should approach the end times. Yeah. No, I think that's good because I mean, you remember like Harold campings of the world would constantly try to find like the exact day that the, that Jesus was going to return and trying to come up with a mathematical formula. And so you do have to be careful. Um, Let's not try to, you know, solve the riddle because I mean, God clearly is leaving things as a, some things as a mystery to us that we're not supposed to know. <laughs> yeah. And no, exactly. so, you know, let, let's do the best we can with it. But, you know, if we, if we can, we can really lose our minds trying to like figure all this stuff out exactly what's going to happen or what does this mean? Like you said, what does that event mean? You can draw too much into it. And I think yep. you could probably really go a little bit crazy trying to, uh, trying to figure it all out. Yeah. It's good to understand it. It's good to look for the signs. Like Jesus gave us signs. Like there's things that are good, but, but we don't know the day or hour. And look, just like when Jesus came, people clearly were confused with the prophecies in the old Testament. Now you can look back and be like, wow, that all makes sense. One day we will be able to look back and be like, that makes sense, but it's not going to happen probably in the way specific ways we think it's going to happen. And so, yeah, you just got to have that healthy look and I think Amir and, does. And there's nothing wrong with like if you see some things happening, you know, wars, rumors of wars, all the things that that are mentioned. Microchips uh, yeah, being placed. Right, exactly. <laughs> but you can at least say, all right, I don't know if that means that we're actually there, but it, it, it can be a nice sort of reminder. It, it's a it's sort of a perspective shift because you can easily in in the day to day grind sort of lose track of a, an eternal perspective of what's what we're actually here for, what's going to happen at some point. So we can use those as reminders and um, and then we can certainly use them as like let's n- as guideposts, right? Like let's not implant chips just just to be safe. Like let's just not go ahead and do the chips in our bodies, right? Like that's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's certain yeah. things we can just avoid because we're like let's not make ourselves Wi-Fi. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like let's not do that. So all right. All right. Well, that's uh, that's all we got for this episode of dun, the dun, dun, four dun. and three podcast. Yes. Hopefully Trey will return from his ill uh, skiing trip sometime oh, I soon. I forgot about him. His friend, I forgot about, <laughs> him. <laughs> forgot about him already. Yeah, yeah. We we <laughs> hope he gets better soon. He should be back next week. And uh, hope you have a fantastic weekend. As always, head on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. God bless. Have a fantastic weekend. We shall see you Monday.